Welcome to the Earthside Podcast with me, Lisa Masters. I work with women all over the world, helping them shift the blocks that prevent them from moving towards the birth that is right for them. You can connect with me via my Instagram, Earthside with Lisa Masters, or find out about working with me to transform your birth at earthsidebirthservices.com.au. Listen to these women's intimate stories and be inspired by how the work they did on their journey not only transformed their births, but their entire lives. Let's dive in. she continued to scrutinize her feelings about her care providers whose comments jarred with what she wanted for her birth. Marley goes on to share her arduous but perfect rebirth with us describing it as the birth she needed to have. Welcome, Marley. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. As always, where does it start for you? Where does your mothering journey begin? I remember always wanting to be a mother and always looking forward to having a baby. And at the same time, I had a lot of reservations about it. I did gender studies at uni and I feel like that sort of really highlighted uh, lots of struggles that come with motherhood. Yeah, I think for a long time, even though deep down I secretly knew I really desperately wanted to be a mother, another part of me didn't really admit that because I saw it as potentially getting in the way of other things I wanted. Then with my journey towards pregnancy and birth, I remember when I was a little kid, My mum told me that just sort of passing conversation, I remember her telling me that some people orgasm when they give birth and that some people enjoy it. And I remember always having that in the back of my mind that aesthetic birth is possible. Mm. And then my mum had a cesarean and her mum had a cesarean and I think even her mum had a cesarean. And I think my mum's mums and her mum's mums were quite, it was the stitches down the middle and was quite, I don't want to talk about their experience, but I think it was pretty traumatic. Mm. So I also always, I came up with this idea that I had little hips and that I'd always have a cesarean. Lots of my extended family also had cesareans and some of them nurses and stuff. So I sort of also normalised it quite a lot. And then there are a few things happened that changed my perspective on birth. I met a midwife once and we were just having a conversation and I told her how I had small hips and my 
mum had a cesarean and that I'd have a cesarean and she sort of just laughed and asked me where I got that story from <laughs> and how my hips were small by whose definition and stuff and um yeah that was the first time that I really thought about some of the stories I'd taught, told myself and wondered like oh is that true mm. gosh it's really powerful when people can plant seeds to break up those stories we tell ourselves too yeah and then another couple of things I remember I was in Bali once and I was having a conversation with this guy and he was an older guy from Canada and he'd done a lot of work with home births in Canada and I remember again just like casual conversation I remember telling him how if I was pregnant I want to be at home to give birth and and again I remember him sort of laughing and telling me that Bali is the safest place to give birth and that you want to be well away from hospitals and that the closer you are to a doctor, the more likely something will go wrong. Mm-hmm. And again, I remember sort of, I don't know, thinking it was interesting and sort of starting to change a few of my thoughts around birth. And then I remember I had a friend who had two little boys and I remember her, and she was very young, and I remember her telling me about her births and I just never heard someone explain it the way she did. And she said, birth's a really big day for babies. you got to just get out of the way and make it as nice for them as possible. She said, you got to just relax and concentrate on what you're giving that baby. And then I remember I had another friend who I was working with when she got pregnant and I remember her sort of telling us about some of her struggles with the home birth team about not wanting certain tests done and not really loving it. And then her experience of finding you and just free birthing. And I saw her shortly after that and yeah, she loved it. And I remember her telling me, I'm so excited for you. Birth is so amazing. You're going to have a great time and I'm so happy for you. And that was really nice to have someone say awesome, like, you can't wait there's this really cool thing awaiting you Mm. wow when we were pregnant we were working out at a rural community and there was a remote midwife team but basically you came into the hospital to do scans and things didn't really know anything about free birthing I actually thought it was illegal or I thought that there was a bunch of rules about what you meant to do or not do as the pregnancy progressed and seeing midwives and going to the hospital and everything, I just really did not enjoy any of it. Lots of people talk about this, but it's sort of strange until you experience it. But it was just odd, like, if you go to the hospital and you just touch straight away. Like, my whole life when I've seen doctors, it's always been, okay, I'm going to touch you on the abdomen now. Is that all right? Whereas once you were pregnant, I just felt like people, yeah, doctors and nurses just touched you straight away. And I didn't really know how to say, like, please don't. (laughs) So I just felt Mm. uncomfortable and started avoiding visits, really. Pretty much as soon as I knew I was pregnant, I contacted you straight away. And we had one meeting. I was still sort of seeing the midwife in the rural community, but I wasn't that into it or connected to it. And I knew that we'd be in town for the birth, so I didn't really see any point in making much of a relationship I knew she wasn't going to be there with the birth or part of the birthing team or anything like that for our first meeting we went away for a holiday and then I started to get really sick 
just really full on morning sickness. And then, yeah, just kept thinking that it would end after three months and it just kept getting worse and worse until I was really, yeah, feeling really crap. Mm. Um, and so then I started taking on Danzatron, which I sort of got mixed advice from midwives and doctors about. Yeah, one midwife told me that it's very bad for the baby and take it at absolute last resort. So I got sicker and sicker. Um, another thing that I work was really stressful. I think about this a lot. Like people try to tell you, you know, you're growing a baby. That's the most important thing. Look after yourself. But I had such a, before getting pregnant, the idea of like taking a day off, I just did not know how to do that. <laughs> or even when I was really sick, I'd take a day off and I'd just stay home feeling really guilty and trying to work from home or something. Yes, yeah, so I think I just got sicker and sicker. And I really think it was my body trying to tell me you've got to stop working or you've got to, you've got to make a change. Um, anyway, so we ended up coming back into town and finding a place here and I got hooked up with the home birth team at the hospital and we had a few appointments and I had another appointment with you and we were talking lots about home birth and free birth and undisturbed birth and sort of um, natural birth and all the ways I don't know all the ways that it happens and the things that support natural delivery and the things that don't and I guess the biggest don't was um, fear. I think there are a few things with the midwives. Yeah, there are just a few things that I didn't like. I remember the very first time I met her, she said something like, it's really important that you understand that we're a team and that this is a team work thing. And I just felt like, no, it's not. I'm having a baby and you might be there. I don't know. I just didn't feel like the birth yep. of my child was about was about her job or progression or yeah. There are a few other times where yeah, where I just felt like it was like a I don't know a job opportunity, a chance to showcase her skills or something. And I felt like no, this is like the birth of the most important person that will ever live. I don't know. I felt like it was something magical and special and not part of a procedure. Mm. So I think I always knew that I wanted a home birth and a water birth. I'm a Pisces and I just felt like water would help me. And then I think some of the books that you gave me, I think there was Unhindered Birth. Oh, and that great story about the cat that gives birth in the darkest room of the house and that when they're watched, they start to get stressed. And then so I think lots of the things part of the home birth team, it just started to feel like, like it wasn't a home birth, like it was a hospital birth in my home. And I remember us having a conversation about me writing my birth plan and I'd said, I don't want to be touched at all. I don't want to be disturbed. I don't want any Dopplers on me. And I remember you sort of saying like, mm, so you're going to like ask the midwives to come and not let them do their job. <laughs> like that might, they might not like that. And what I was getting at there was if you don't, actually get along with your care providers and you don't feel comfortable with them and you feel the need to make sure they have nothing to do with you in your birth then are those people aligned with you and your desires for your birth and I know that for many women they aren't contemplating that they're often 
trying to figure out how to have these people at their birth and in their presence of their labour and not engage with them. So I ask those questions because do you really want them at your birth or do you think you are supposed to have them at your birth? And what if you chose something else altogether? Yeah. And then when I started to really think, yeah, I wouldn't be comfortable. Yeah, it'll just be more comfortable the least the less people are here. Just so happened that the weekend I was due, the midwife I'd been seeing went on leave and another midwife came over and said that there's not many midwives and I'll probably just be a hospital midwife that comes if I call them. Yeah, and then and another time they came in and told me that I needed to buy a desk for their computer and make some room for the oxygen tanks. And that was when I was like, whoa, 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 this is just getting weird. Like, <laughs> this is my lounge room. This is not your office. Wow. It doesn't sound like the interactions you were having were really fostering the type of care that you wanted where you were at the centre. Maybe it was me as well. Like, I didn't. I don't know, there were lots of times where she asked me, like, do you have any questions? And I just felt like, no, I'm going to go and ask Lisa because I don't <laughs> I don't trust your answer. <laughs> like, I think another thing, do you remember this? One of the midwives said to me, um, like, gave me some syringes and said that I should start collecting colostrum because what if I'm tired after birth and dad can do the first few feeds? And I was just like, oh, yeah, like, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> like, And then as I was saying it to you, you were like, what? So, like, you're not going to breastfeed. You're not going to get your milk to come in. Like, that's doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, wow, like, I'm glad I had someone else to check this with. <laughs> I think there's lots of things where you, yeah, I think you're just so vulnerable in those moments. Like, there's lots of things where it sounds like common sense like I should know this I read the book about pregnancy but then when a midwife or a doctor tells you something you're just like oh okay yes authoritative person I'll do that because you said so and then it's like when you say it out loud that you're like oh wait up that's really weird I don't need to do that when I work with women I believe that you're the authority that you're the one that's birthing that's the mother that's the caretaker for this baby and I hear this a lot with this kind of authoritarian direction I guess from care providers and women just doing that thing that we do that we're conditioned to do which is to agree and I just create space and opportunity to say do you want that does that sound right to you and so you can do what you like you can listen to them but I want to create an opportunity where you can listen to yourself yeah I think there were also a few times when the midwife referred to our baby as our baby as in like mine and hers and I felt like yeah I just felt like like what like this is my baby um I love that the whole way along even if you were confused and you're listening your gut was loud your gut kept saying this is strange this doesn't this isn't cool with me this isn't what I want and you kept some sort of recognition along the way I think yeah I hear other people and I see on movies and stuff I hear people say things like oh and I walked out of the hospital and I just couldn't believe that they'd trusted me with this baby and I just I never felt like that there were times where I felt like scared and unsure and like I need advice 
pregnancy, birth or after birth, there has never been a time where I felt like someone else knows what's, he's my baby. I gave birth to him. I grew him. Yeah. I know what's best for him. Mm. Like, yeah, I just, I've often wondered if that had to do with birth, like having birth at home and touching him myself and stuff. It wasn't like someone gave him to me. It was like he delivered himself. Mm. Let's talk about that. Do you want to share your birth story with us? Yeah, so then um, he was due on a Saturday. I went into labour or a late Friday night. I woke up and started having contractions. I hopped in the shower, put some meditation music on, did some stretches and I, I felt some magic energy and thought like, yeah, this is amazing. I'm going to give birth by myself everything's great and then um the sun came up (laughs) it just sort of stopped and then I just started getting really bad back pain and I was fine if I was standing up and moving around everything was all right but as soon as I lay down it just felt really intense waves so I woke up my husband we spent most of the day just hanging out going for walks and stuff we had some visitors and I really wanted to tell them like, hey, I think I'm in labour, but I didn't. Uh, I think it was your advice not to tell anyone and that once you told people it would sort of start a clock in your head. Yeah, well, so not to tell anyone until you're sure. More like or until, it would, it would start wait. a clock in their head. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, even telling friends and family, I maybe it was you or maybe it was something I read, I decided not to do that because I thought, anyone sort of waiting or texting and being like hey is he coming yet mm-hmm. would be uh, annoying <laughs> and then yeah so then that afternoon it started to get more and more intense and then in the night and then I think at night it started to get quite painful so yeah my back was hurting and I was telling my husband to quickly fill up the pool but also not to let go of my hand and he was starting to get a bit worried and asking me when's Lisa coming and then so we called you and yeah I don't remember a bit for a while here I think I just sort of groaned around until you arrived and then you um, started helping us fill up the pool and got some nice warm water and so pouring warm water on my back and giving me water to drink and I think Ali had a little sleep and then this all went on for a while. I think my back was starting to get quite sore and we were getting some sort of sharp pains and we thought that he must be posterior. I told you in the birth plan that I wanted suggestions if you had any. So you told me a few suggestions and they hurt a lot, so we stopped doing that. <laughs> and, then, um, <laughs> and the thing to learn is suggestions usually do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for a little while I started to feel a bit frustrated because I was feeling like, oh, this is going on for so long. I haven't eaten anything. I can't drink anything. I'm starting to feel really sick because nausea was such a big part of my pregnancy. And then I started to get vomit quite a lot and I was a bit worried about like, oh, if this goes on forever, will we just have to go to hospital just for IV fluids and then they'll interfere with the whole birth. Um And then I think we got in and out of the water a few times. Oh, that was another thing. I remember the midwives telling me that they would tell me when I could get into the water and that they would be measuring the temperature. And I just felt like that's all sounded stressful and annoying. And 
yeah, it was another thing that I thought like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And luckily because yeah, we got in and out of the water a few times. I thought it helped. Um, and then I think we got out one time and I knelt down and I thought I didn't know what was happening. And I thought I was about to give birth to an alien and then my water broke. And then I think we were really excited because I was like, oh my God, like something's happening. It's going to be all right. <laughs> like, And then it went on, we got back in the water and went on for a while of lots of contractions and then I remember I think in all the books that I'd read everyone said that just before you give birth you say like oh I can't take it anymore so I think a few times I said like oh I can't take it anymore I was like hint hint baby come on oh (laughs) but (laughs) I love that like well apparently I'm supposed to say these things so I'll just say them just in case it's the time (laughs) just in case it works (laughs) And I remember by that stage, it was very early hours of the morning. Yeah, so we're getting quite a few quite painful contractions and it was almost dawn and I was thinking, I remember I'd checked the moons and I had certain aspirations for Mazhar's moon sign. So I felt like, all right, needs to come soon. Oh, and then I remember I looked down and there was like this weird thing (laughs) hanging out of me and I was like, Lisa, what's this? And you're like, yeah, that's the membranes, like can you feel a head? And, um, and we checked for a head and, oh my God, I could feel a head. And then we were so happy. Me and my husband had a big kiss. And, and I remember thinking at that stage, I was like, oh, like we were meant to be doing more relaxing, sensual stuff. <laughs> like I forgot about that because <laughs> yeah, in that moment it did feel quite like nice and romantic, like everything was all good. And then, yeah. And then um, another push and yeah, a little head came out. And then I remember I could look, I was looking down in the water and I could see his little face and I was so excited and I was too scared to, I don't know, to do anything, just, <laughs> just waiting for him to come out. And then another push and he came out and he was just the most beautiful little creature. And I scooped him up and he had the cord wrapped around his neck twice and I quickly undid him. But yeah, I remember watching birthing videos as well when the baby was born with the cord wrapped around their neck. And in each video, the mum just so calmly unwrapped them, kissed the baby, everything was all right. And I remember thinking like, oh, like how do they do that? How do they think so quickly? And then I remember when the cord was around his neck, I didn't even think, I just like, I don't know, spun him on one hand and he came undone and it was fine. Yeah, and then he had a little cry. I think I stepped out of the pool and my placenta came out easily and then yeah we sat down with cute little bundle of baba I remember doing the hypno birthing stuff when I was pregnant and one of the things she suggested was like visualizing your birth and all the detail and I remember I did that and I told her like oh yeah a lot of back pain and she said like why don't you imagine it without the back pain (laughs) and I couldn't I couldn't I just I saw birth as being posterior back pain (laughs) but I also remember yeah so he was due on a Saturday I went into labor Friday night and then he was born Sunday morning so it was quite a long labor but yeah I just kind of I liked it that his labor was the way that it was like I felt like it was the labor that I needed for my start of motherhood I felt like if I had some really if I had a birth that I deemed like easy or something then maybe I wouldn't have felt as proud or I don't know and I think the thing that I can reflect on from witnessing you is 
even when labour is painful and it's such a ride and it's so unknown and it's so confusing, the thing that I just remember taking away from seeing you was you just kept going. You just believed that you would labour and a baby would come out and you would see it through and you did and it was fairly long and it was fairly painful with those feelings in your back and you were sick and yet you know a couple of times there were those questioning conversations with what do I do how long is it yeah you would just close your eyes do another couple of surges you would open them again and you would say I'm okay I'm just doing it and you did, yeah. and then he and then he came out, and yeah. you know, and we had that conversation later where I said, "Oh, out of curiosity, because I wasn't in your business, I didn't actually know how he'd birthed." And when you told me later that you did look down and see his little face, and he had been born posterior, I thought, "Oh, isn't that amazing? So cute, <laughs> so cute." And you know what? Babies know how they need to come out. They have a wisdom of their own that navigates how to come out, and yeah. You, and you you let him come and with out his the way cord that he needed. wrapped around I wondered like was the cord wrapped around his neck so he said like hey I've got to go this awkward way and it's going to take a while are you all right with that mum like yeah, that's how maybe. I felt yeah <laughs> for a while before before ever getting pregnant I imagined birth is like this scary thing where it's like all of a sudden you're giving birth and it's then it's this terrible scary thing that happens all of a sudden <laughs> and then I remember like as I learned about it when I learned that it's your body like as you're pregnant you get used to the feeling I also thought that being pregnant would be really scary like oh my god what another human shoved inside my body like <laughs> and then when I was pregnant it's like it happens slowly gradually you get used to it it's lovely I think same with birth when I realized or when I started to believe that it was sort of it was an endurance thing then I thought like oh yeah I can do that Mm. that's it women can do it Mm. it's sometimes though the question is what do you need to do it and you had such a belief in yourself even through the hardest times Mm. I do wish that I followed my gut more Mm. because the next bit of the story is that I told them uh, probably a couple of hours after I gave birth because I just forgot (laughs) and I said we've just given birth like yay (laughs) do you want to come over and I think in my head now it seems like I don't know like why let them over but I think in my head I just wanted someone to like weigh him and look at him and be like yep awesome like he's great (laughs) and um and I don't know why I wanted that because I knew that (laughs) but when they did come over it was two midwives that I'd never met before Lisa came to my door and said, like, we won't come in. We won't stay long. We're not going to provide any care for you any longer because you birthed without us. And I was just so high on, like, happiness endorphins. I was just like, yeah, cool, whatever, like, ladies. <laughs> and then I remember she said something like, oh, he looks a bit small. Has he done the weight yet? And I was like, what? No, he hasn't. Why? And then that just started this thing in my head of, like, yeah, so then for the next day, I was obsessed with him doing a wee and he cried quite a lot, probably because I was just, probably because I was so stressed, so obsessed. Mm. Yeah, I really wish I didn't let anyone into my space that day. 
I think it's another thing that, you know, people try to tell you like lots of friends and you, I think people try to warn you how vulnerable you'll be, but you just can't really imagine. Like, yeah, I just felt like, yeah, like what she said was such a little thing, but it, even after this amazing birth, it just sort of was enough to knock me off kilter a bit. And then in another way, I was really grateful that they came over and said, like, we're not providing care for you anymore because thank you. I wish that I was the one doing that conversation. Like, Mm. I think, yeah, I I think I'm really grateful that they weren't part of our life for the first few months of having a baby. I have other friends that got really dodgy breastfeeding advice and sort of interrupted their whole breastfeeding journey and stuff with weird advice that then took ages to come back from. So I was grateful that they weren't around. And it's really interesting, isn't it, this conditioning that we have to not trust ourselves and not trust our own feelings and our own observations and look outside of ourselves over and over again. It's like mm. it's like we seek out what we don't want in order to help us learn. And sometimes yeah. we, ne- we need to play that out uh, several it- times before we really see it for ourselves and and I know that you have those regrets I guess but look where you are today yeah and what does that look like today as a mother I think for the first year I was just ecstatically happy and high but yeah like most I cried here but yeah I was just so happy and so in love the day after giving birth I think I ran up and down the stairs ran to the coffee shop got a coffee ran back I think lots of stories I heard and saw of birth were sort of people recovering for a long time and I did not feel like that at all I just felt so happy and so grateful and I remember my husband was just so proud that he'd just tell random people in the street like oh my god you should have seen her give birth it was amazing she was so great (laughs) like she's a warrior and yeah and that felt great I don't know there's not many parts of my life where I feel really accomplished there's lots of things I've said I'm going to do and then I haven't done them but for birth, yeah, I reckon it was the first really big thing where I said, like, I'm going to do it this way, and I did. And, yeah, that was big for me. And I think even through that, you had an end vision for what it looked like, but you weren't sure how you were going to get there, and you sort of placed a level of trust in I'll know. I don't have to see the pathway. I just see the end and I'll know how to get there. I remember that about you, that you were never quite sure what you would choose, but you knew you would know what to choose at the time. Yeah. I probably don't think about all the changes because they've happened little and slowly along the way. But I guess when I think about like some conversations I had with you early on pregnant, things about like when babies cry, how to quickly distract them instead of sort of, letting them see and feel their pain or their emotions and I think yeah I don't know I wonder sometimes like how much does birth have to do with your mothering a lot yeah yeah I guess I feel grateful in that like I really felt like Mazhar birthed himself and the same like watching him grow yeah he teaches himself he does a lot of things like he's a little I know he's our little leader like we don't We haven't really tried to do. He's the one that shows us what's next. Yeah. You worked out how to get out of the way for it to happen. And I so frequently say 
that the biggest learning is the unlearning. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember like when he was little being in line for a coffee or something and him just losing it. And I remember just feeling general, like admiration. You go. Like how cool are you? You just state your needs and who cares who's listening or if they get it or not, I'll just state them again. Yeah, I remember someone saying to me that babies that um, are birthed unhindered, that maybe they have like throughout their whole life a bit more self-determination or a bit more like, I know, like I was a cesarean baby and I feel like I question myself a lot. I give up on myself a lot. (laughs) I, you know, not always and I'm learning. But, yeah, I find it quite hard to sort of trust myself. And already I see with Mazha, like, if he gets an idea, he's like, no, this is what's happening. And you can be, like, telling him, no, that's not going to work. Like, do you need help? And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to get up here. Like, just get out of the way. I'll figure it out. (laughs) When we understand our babies are born with their own story and their own personality and their own drive and determination, and that will look different and we can be there to guide them. But... Mm let them lead they will look to us for guidance all of this conditioning that we faced or all of these restrictions we faced all the way from our births um, Mm. and our upbringings undoing that and unlearning that for our children is such a fascinating journey to be on Mm. I was thinking something you said before as well yeah, it is hard to take responsibility for yourself in your life. <laughs> like mm. with vaccinations, I remember I want—I just wanted you to decide. <laughs> like, oh, I, like, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, just tell me what to do. And then, you know, and then in the last 18 months, having that's how I'm watching him, I have realised no one else could make this decision and I'd be happy with it. That won't work. And then the same, I remember seeing the art therapy lady when, I was pregnant and talking about like, you know, what are your biggest fears? And I said, you know, a dead baby. And I expected her to be like, oh, no, that won't happen. But she was like, oh, yeah, so cool, let's talk about that. And I remember thinking like, yeah, like I do have to accept things do happen. And it is accepting all of that and saying, you know what, yes, in this world it is possible for babies to die, but I think that what I'm doing is the safest, best option for me no matter what. Yeah. That full responsibility of decision-making is so hard but so powerful. Mm. Maybe some people do feel like, oh, it's easier to just trust an authority because then whatever. But then I think if someone else decides for you, you'll always be pissed off. Only if you are finding your way into responsibility because Mm. if you're already happy to have someone make decisions for you and you want to stay in that, life then that's what it will look like and you'll be okay with that this story to me sounds like the journey into responsibility for you and you were challenged and pulled back and then you would fight to be released and then you'd be pulled back again and then eventually you found this space where you make the decisions for you and your family I wonder what I would do if I was pregnant again because I was sick, I went into hospital twice for IV and, yeah, ended up spending a few days in there to sort of get my fluids back. And I remember when that happened, I remember constantly being asked, have you had the latest scan? Have you had the latest shot? And blah, 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 blah. And some of the stuff I'd done and some of the stuff I hadn't done. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, is it, would it be even more annoying being in here if I hadn't 
done any of the home birthing team stuff. So, and I think that was part of my thing of like, oh, do I stay working with the home birth team in case something happens and I end up in hospital, then I want to have a midwife that I know with me, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I don't know. I often wonder what I would do next time if there was next time. Well, I mean, isn't that ideal though, that we should be able to access the care that we want and we need in a respectful way and yeah. we sh- in the ideal world, we aren't faced with, I need to make this choice because they'll treat me this way or I need to make yeah. this choice so they treat me this way. I mean, that's the problem. The system is built to control and contain. And what we're asking for is that we can make decisions for ourselves and be trusted in those decisions mm. and that we can get the care that we ask for and we think we need. And we don't have access to that because yeah. it comes with you birthed on your own, you're naughty. Yeah. I can't care for you now. How dare you show your agency for yourself, you know? And the, and this is the struggle that women are facing right now. We are in a pivotal time where women are saying, I want more. And the system is freaking out saying, we can't give you more because, you know, you might think you can control all of this yourself and they don't want us to have that. And, yeah. and so, you know, I think right now we're in a war against being controlled and, mm who's going to win that's up to each individual woman to decide how she plays this out because unfortunately it's really hard it it is possible but quite tricky to find people to help us in the way that we want there seems to be some because it's authoritarian it feels Mm. so hard to Mm. find people that respect our individual decision making yeah yeah I mean ideally you would have had someone at your birth right if you trusted them if they didn't say weird things to you if (laughs) you were looking for that and you couldn't find it so you made a different decision yeah and I and I see a lot of women making different decisions now because they can either do it how they've always done it or Mm. they can make some other really big decisions yeah even stuff I read like from some other countries where it's more like experienced midwives that are doing the delivering not so much doctors but still in stories people have a lots of like oh, I couldn't do it until the midwife got there and I oh. just didn't feel like that at all and I didn't feel like that was in any of the material that you gave me or stuff that we talked about yeah like whether doctor midwife anything like it just yeah, just feel like, you know, it's just natural and it's what your body does under all good circumstances. So what does that, what is that saying? I mean, in places where there's still, as you say, midwifery care, women still are looking outside of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. How do you clear the way to believe in yourself? Yeah, no, totally. Next birth, ecstatic birth, 100%. <laughs> well you already had an ecstatic birth it's just it was a ride yeah do you have any final words to share with us I think my favorite piece of advice from you during the pregnancy was nobody loves your baby more than you I think that lots of doctors and midwives they do they get you in this like manipulative weird little scenario where they're like "Mm, we're the nice people and we really care about your baby and if you care too you're going to do what we say 
And I remember, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know how you word it, but yeah, just no one loves your baby as much as you. And I thought that is so true. <laughs> like, it's so true. I am absolutely 100% going to do the best thing for my baby at every second because I care about this so much. So I don't need to listen to other people's. Sure, yeah, information, great. But no, I don't need to take on other people's stuff. Yeah, trust that I know what's best for my body and my baby. Yeah, I love that. What a takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing some really amazing thoughts and just, I guess, insightful learnings that you had through your whole life, actually, and how they culminated for you in this birth and this motherhood journey. I so appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks, Marley. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening. I'm so happy you could join us. If you would like to know more about how to transform your birth, you can connect with me via my Instagram, Earthside with Lisa Masters. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it in your stories and tag me. That's all for now. Until next time.